1: <laughs> winner, winner, chicken
0: dinner! Yes. down. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf.
2: What's up, everybody? And welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Podcast, the DFS edition. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Day. He is Len Hochberg from RotoWire. And yes, it is a major championship week. Uh, these are the big weeks. These are the weeks we love. There is an incredible field at Southern Hills. Now we don't have the defending champion, but we have a lot of other contenders for this title this week. And we're going to get into all of that in just the next little bit and break down our favorite DFS plays. And yes, we'll make a DFS lineup just for you guys out there. Uh, Len, as we always do, let's get into game theory a little bit. 7,556 yards Southern Hills will play on the scorecard this week. I wrote a piece about how length matters in golf, but distance doesn't at least at the very elite level, just because quite honestly, they can make it as long as they want. And these guys are all long enough. You don't have to necessarily be the longest of the long, but you just have to be long enough. And quite frankly, any player that we're going to talk about in the elite level, they are going to be long enough. I know you put something on Twitter the other day. That's really smart. Essentially the par fives on this golf course reach more than 630 yards, you're sort of turning them into par threes. You're sort of turning them into just wedge holes where, hey, hit a drive down there somewhere, hit a second shot down there somewhere. You've got somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 yards to 150 yards in for your third shot. Maybe a couple of guys will be able to go for it in two, but it's not very likely. And so I think that's part of the game theory is that While the course sounds like it's going to be a long track this week, Len, it really might not play as long as we think, and it might not just be the longest hitters that are going to be up there. It sounds so counterintuitive. We're going to make the holes so long that it'll help the shorter
3: hitters. But that's really what happened with these two. There are only two par fives, and so the longer hitters can't feast on four par fives. They only have two. And they're so long, really a three-shot hole for everyone, if anyone remembers what we saw from Southern Hills in 2007, Tiger won. Tree-lined narrow fairways. Gil Cantz came in with his team in 2019. Removed a lot of trees. The fairways are pretty wide, wider than I think we normally see for a PGA, I don't want to really say de-emphasizing driving because length still matters. And with all the dog legs at Southern Hills, I think you still have to position the ball. I've seen Gil Hance doing some talking and he was with egg. and really what he talked, really, this is going to be the nutshell quote for me. And it's going to guide me throughout all of what we're going to talk about and what I'm going to talk about all week. He was asked, what do you think makes Southern Hills a stern test? Quote, Ultimately, it's going to come down to the greens, the small targets, the targets are tiny, 7,500 yards aiming at small greens. He's gotten rid of the rough around the greens. It's short grass. He said, if you miss, if you don't go into a bunker and miss, you'll roll 30 yards off the green for all the length on this course. It looks like the difference could come within 50 yards of the hole.
2: Yeah. I like that analysis a lot, Len. And uh, I am here in Tulsa going to be a big week. Can't wait to get out there. We're recording this Monday morning. So I'm about to head out to the golf course, but can't wait to see Southern Hills. If for no other reason, moving the PGA from August to May, If that means we don't have to see Southern Hills and Tulsa in the middle of August again, I'm okay with that. I think I'm still sweating from 15 years ago. That was a rough (laughs) week. So let's get into the DFS lineup this week. We've had a couple extra days to look at stuff since the prices have been out. So I know a lot of people have been going over them as well. We've got five players in five digits, and it's Everybody that you would expect to be up there, Scotty Scheffler, 11-4, John Rahm, 11-2, Justin Thomas, 10-7, Colin Morikawa, 10-4, and Rory McIlroy at 10,000 even. I am on record already as saying, Len, that I think it's very, very difficult not just to prognosticate this golf tournament and figure out who we like. I think the process of elimination is as tough as any event we've seen so far this year. I just don't see a whole lot of guys where I go, nope, not him, won't be in any lineups this week. And so I think it's really hard to look at the top and go, okay, let's cross out Rob, let's cross out Morikawa. You really can't do this. So I think it might come down to just who you like, and it might come down to spreading it around if you're making multiple lineups, just sort of trying to get a little piece of everybody at some point. I'm going to narrow it down to
3: three guys, but you really could make a case for all five guys at the top. And the two guys I'm going to eliminate, it's blasphemous. John Rahm and Colin Morikawa. Okay, let's not play those two guys. They're the top five guys for a reason. I mean, Scotty Scheffler, I don't know. Does he need any analysis? Do we need anything other than say, duh, pick Scotty Scheffler? The reason I'm staying away from John Rahm is because he's been hitting the ball off the tee and with his irons, great But his short game has been woefully inadequate and woefully un-John Rahm-like lately. And Colin Morikawa, 192nd or something in strokes gained around the green. As good as his iron play is, I mean, it's going to have to be even better or else he's going to be having to use those wedges. So I like Scotty Schepler. Justin Thomas, again, he was close just last week. He's always close. He's always there. And Rory McIlroy, for all the talk about the wedge being the weakness of Rory's game, he is 14th on tour in strokes gained around the green. He hasn't played as much as some of the other guys to get into the numbers there. He just had a very good week at the Masters. I think the skill set for Augusta translates very nicely to the skill set here at Southern Hills this week.
2: I tend to agree with that, and I tend to agree with you about Rahm and Morikawa. I mean, like I said, I think the process of elimination is very, very difficult. On my list, when I eventually finalize my rankings, which should be out Tuesday at the Action Network, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have, of these five players, McElroy, then Thomas, then Scheffler, then Rom, then Morikawa. I'd really rather go with a couple of guys who are at the next level. And let's get into the players in the 9,000. starts with Victor Hovland at 9,900. Cameron Smith, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Xander Schauffele, Hideki Matsuyama, Patrick Cantlay, Brooks Kepka. There will be some very popular plays in this range this week, Landon. I'm going to start with Jordan Spieth. He's my favorite outright play in the marketplace on the board. I just feel like he's got everything revved up for a title defense. You can see it on his face. When he's not playing well, he's discussing things with Michael Greller, his caddy all the time. He's kind of slumped over his shoulders. He's got this puzzled look on his face. When he's confident, he looks like he thinks he's going to hit the ball into the hole every time he swings. And that's the way he looked at the Byron Nelson this past weekend. He's led the field in the strokes gain tee to green in each of his last two starts, a win and a runner-up finish. I've got him as my favorite play to win the career slam. And then other players in that range, I look at Patrick Cantlay and I look at Xander Shoffley. Neither one of those players is below 63rd in any strokes game category so far this season Len. For that reason, I like both of those guys a lot. I
3: do like Jordan Spieth this week. Right above him at 97, I like Cameron Smith. I like Cameron Smith at the Masters. I came close. He came close. It didn't happen. Like I said, I think there's just going to be such an emphasis on the short game this week. And Cameron Smith is better than, it appears, off the tee. I do like him, you know, right at the top. Victor Hovland, 9,900. I think he's going to run into the same problems even more so, Than Colin Morikawa, at least in the rankings before the new rankings came out today, he was 210th in strokes gained around the green. There is no 211th on the tour in gained around the green. Victor Hovland was last. He's never had a top 10 in a major. Xander was great last week. All of a sudden, I didn't have him in my equation, but now you sort of have to reconsider him. Hideki Matsuyama, I did like before. I like him still pretty good around the green. We know he's not a great putter. So I like Smith. I like Spieth. I like Matsuyama. And, you know, Brooks
2: Kepka. he's done nothing this year. Very little, but it's a major. Yeah, we're waiting to see if Brooks Kepka is even playing in this field. I don't know exactly what's going on with Brooks, withdrew from the Nelson last week, has not played since a missed cut at the Masters. And so I don't know what's going on with Brooks right now. I'm gonna stay away from him. We get into the eight thousands. I'm looking at the top here and I'm looking at the bottom. Two players who I think might have kept ownership from being a little bit higher by missing the cut last week. Will Zalatoris and Sam Burns. I think they would be very much on the radar for guys that would be highly owned for this one. Good ball strikers, except they missed the cut last week. And I think people are going to be a little scared off. Don't be scared, especially of Zalatoris, because he's never one that's going to fit a birdie fest. When 26 under is going to win a golf tournament, Will Zalatoris just doesn't roll in that many birdie putts to be in serious contention at an event like that. At this one this week, where we've got to believe 12 under, 14 under, is going to be the winner, maybe even single digits. I think that's more... Up to speed for Will Zalatoris. And I like Burns as well. Again, probably like each of them more in DFS than in the betting marketplaces, just because I think it could be a little bit, just a little bit of a contrarian play if people are staying away after last week. Shane Lowry, always like him. I'm going to save him more for next month at the U.S. Open, which he might be my favorite play on the board, but I don't mind him this week either. And then at the bottom of the eight thousands, a couple of guys are starting to save you some salary here below the, Average pro player, Max Homa, playing really well right now. And Corey Connors, whose game just seems made for major championships. I believe he's been, what, 15th or better in five of his last eight major starts, Corey Connors. Playing some good golf. I don't know that the win equity is there, but for a DFS play, I think he's got a lot of value. I'm with you on Will Zalatoris.
3: Candidly, he has some of the concerns that I have about Morikawa and Victor Hoblin in his ability to play around the greens. But uh, he is $1,500 cheaper than Colin Morikawa. So I think you have a lot more flexibility there. That's a big chunk of cash difference right there. And he has played well at Augusta, where we see that you really need to negotiate your way around the greens and on the greens. Shane Lowry, I think we've both been talking about him all season. He hasn't won a tournament since the 2019 Open Championship, but a, an argument can be made that he's playing better now over a longer stretch than he's ever played before. It doesn't matter the field, it doesn't matter the course, easy course, hard course, birdie fest, tight course. He's playing well. 8,700 will fit into a lot of lineups. Max Homa, he's a real Swiss Army knife, Max Homa. Doesn't do anything great, doesn't do anything poorly. The concern about Max Homa is his major track record. He had trouble even getting to the weekend until recently, but he just made the cut at the Masters. Seems to be turning the corner. And oh yeah, $8,200. We didn't mention him, but we got to mention him. Tiger Woods. I don't know if I'm going to play him at 8200 I will tell you that in my rankings where I rank everyone in the field, I had him 31st. Which was up from the Masters. I think he'll do better than the Masters. He'll have more confidence. He'll have more reps, just a big unknown. And 8,200 makes him very, very, a real sweet spot for a lot of people.
2: I have not finished my ranking of the field yet, Lynn. I was thinking right about there for Tiger. If you've got him 31st, I might have him 29th. I think you're about dead on there with Tiger, which again, doesn't make him a bad play in DFS. I think the harder this golf course is, the more of a chance Tiger has to play it well. I think that if this thing turns into 16, 18 under par winning the golf tournament, which I really don't see, uh, that, that I think they're going to run away from a little bit. If this is seven or eight under winning this, if we're looking at something in the 272, 271 range as the winning score, I think Tiger can plot his way to a couple 68, 69s and be up there on the leaderboard. So moving down to the 7,000s, I expect Matt Fitzpatrick to be a popular player, he's one of these guys that the harder the golf course, the more I like him. Again, much like Shane Lowry, I'm, I'm probably saving him for more of those lineups next month at the U.S. Open than this week. But I don't hate it. Tony Finau just might be a PGA championship type of player. He's got three top tens and seven career starts already. I know he hasn't played his best golf yet this year, but at 7,900, he feels like a really smart play with a very high ceiling this week moving down the list cameron young just continues to impress me i get that he's up there with some big boys i mean he is more expensive than some really big names this week taylor gooch back home in oklahoma didn't play great last week kind of like zalatoris and burns might get people kind of jumping off the bandwagon a little bit after missing the cut last week then we get to billy horschel at 7400 len billy horschel has played really well so far this year he's a guy who traditionally is a very good ball striker That part of his game has not been as good as the other parts of his game. He's been really good off the tee, around the greens, on the greens so far this year. But I think Horschel is a smash play this week. He's the guy that I'll have a lot of investment in. Is it better to have too many guys
3: to put into a lineup or not enough? It's a challenging week, you know, starting at the top of the sevens. I'm with you on Fitzpatrick. I like him. He'll probably be very popular again at low eight, that high seven fits into a lot of lineups. I'm a little nervous that I like Keegan Bradley at $7,500, a very good play. I mean, we know about his ability off the tee and everything. He's pretty good around the greens as well. Ranked 42nd on tour. He's even putting better than usual. I mean, that might have been masked by that one tournament at uh, TPC Potomac. Matthew Wolf is the ultimate wild card in this tournament. I could see him finishing 10th or 150th. We just don't know which Matthew Wolf is going to show up. And if you ask me one long shot, Harold Warner, only $7,000. He's been in the mix at majors before. He's really shot himself in the foot with 80-plus rounds at the 2019 PGA. We saw him in the final group with Brooks Kepka And just last month at Augusta, third round 80. And he still finished with the top 25. So he's
2: going to be in a lot of my lineups. Yeah, I like that play a lot. I'm on Varner as well. Uh, one guy I didn't mention at 7,000 also, Alex Norin, who's looked really good lately. Yeah. Uh, Alex Norin could be a, a smart play this week. I don't feel like, Len, you have to dip down to the 6,000s too much. I feel like there's so much value across the board that you don't have to feel like, hey, let me take this club pro at 6,000, <sighs> and if he makes the cut, then I can spend on a lot of other guys. We're looking at that at some other weeks. I don't think we need it this week, but two guys who are just barely in the 6,000s. Robert McIntyre has had a really nice start to his major championship career. I believe eight of eight making the cuts at the big ones, and has played well recently, not. You know, world beating well, but just hey, nice and solid. And I expect a good week from McIntyre. And then I look at 6,700, Stuart Sink, who's going to turn 49 years old this Saturday, a year younger than Phil Mickelson was last year when he won. I don't know that Stuart Sink can go win this. 21 years removed from that three putt on the final hole of the 2001 US Open, which he was probably just trying to get out of the way. And If he had taken his time a little bit more, would have wound up in a playoff the next day and very well could be a U.S. Open champion, maybe a two-time major winner right now if things had gone his way that next day. But I do think he's a nice play at 6,700, hitting the ball as far as he ever has. And I'll throw Mito Pereira on there as well. Just wanted to see him healthy last week. Looks like he is indeed back to full health after uh, withdrawing from the Zurich Classic a few weeks before that, so... I like him as well, but there's some good plays in the 6,000. Keith Mitchell, by the way, just my usual weekly Keith Mitchell mm-hmm. mention, 6,600 Keith Mitchell. I just, you've been warned. they will be in lineups. I'm looking at the 6,000s
3: and having a hard time identifying, do I like this guy? Do I like this guy? Do I like this guy? No, 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 no. But on the totality of the 6,000s, a lot of them are going to make the cut. That said, not too many I'm liking when I look at them individually but I did note Bob McIntyre as you said you were right eight for eight in cuts Matt Kuchar playing very very well $6,800 Matt Kuchar's last seven PGAs all or nothing three top tens four missed cuts I think the fact that length might be not as omnipresent this week will help Kuchar especially with the play around the greens And quickly, Cam Davis at 6,700, very long hitter, three for three in his major career. Matt Jones, $6,600, made three or four cuts last year, second on tour in strokes gained around the green.
2: I will also warn people that look, if you do have 6,200, 6,300 left and you have to fill out a lineup spot, there's some value out there. Young Kim, the teenager who played really well at the Nelson last week, he's 6,300. Ryan Fox just contended on the DP World Tour. 6,300. Adam Hadwin, who didn't play well last week, but was seemingly everyone's favorite play going into that event, 6,300. So if you're looking there and you're like, well, I guess I'll throw Sean McKeel in my lineup because I got nowhere else to go, trust me, you have other places to go. So don't feel like if you do get down to, hey, I've got to squeeze in one last player at a really cheap price, that you just got to go with a club pro or a past champion who's not going to play well. There's some actual value down there as well. So you can find guys who will help your lineup. We are now joined by the hosts of the Better Golf Podcast, Nick Brightwish and Spencer Aguiar. These guys are golf betting experts, specialists in the finishing position markets, here to provide their favorite top five, top 10, and top 40 players for this week's PGA Championship.
1: We are very excited to be back for major week, the PGA Championship down in Oklahoma. I will kick us off in the placement market. Alex Noren, top 40, plus 140 on DraftKings. My model's price is at plus 110, so 30 points of value there for me. All around, just a great model fit regarding this course that we don't know a whole lot about since the renovations, but a lot of YouTube videos and all that studying and over analysis that we all like to do. But I'm just writing the form here five top 40 finishes in the past six event he's Great at bent grass putting, excellent approach numbers lately, excellent scrambler and sand saves. And then my last play, Tommy Fleetwood plus 140 on DraftKings. My price is plus 100, so about 40 points of perceived value there. Very similar grade of my model to Alex Norin. He's a magician around the green, solid bent grass putter, great sand saves and scrambling. And just like Norin, five top 40 finishes in the past six. So I love the form coming into this. Spencer, to start us off, I know you're going to talk about Norin and Fleetwood as well. What are your thoughts on Mark Leishman plus 185 on FanDuel and then Ricky Fowler plus 220 on FanDuel coming back to his college state of Oklahoma?
4: I personally don't love Mark Leishman this week. You're going to love to hear this when we film better golf in a little bit, but I actually have a Webb Simpson ticket over him in a head to head. So Mark Leishman's going to probably be a fade for me this week. I do like the Ricky Fowler call that you came up with. I think that there is value in a top 40 ticket on him, but I mean, that's my thoughts on those two. Just to very quickly talk about the two plays that Nick just mentioned a second ago, Tommy Fleetwood top 40 plus 140 draft Kings. The Englishman has made seven cuts in a row entering the week, including five of those resulting in top 22 finishes. The short game prowess is going to be something that's going to pay dividends this week. And we've seen that from him over the years. Fleetwood's combination of around the green stats mixed with sand safe percentage puts him fourth in my model. And the high end version of him that used to compete in these majors a few years ago always thrived at these total driving tests. I had this price properly at plus 110, 10 points off of where Nick has it, but I think that there's 30 points on this. And then for the second play for me, Alex Noren, top 40, plus 140 DraftKings. My model doesn't always see the upside that Noren possesses, but his safety mark of 15th mixed with his cheap price tag on DraftKings has him in that similar range of a player like Fleetwood, where I will cross my fingers that they make a run up the leaderboard. I don't necessarily need it entirely for DFS contests or for a top 40 wager, like this but their built-in floors should play very nicely and then the one play that I'm on that Nick is not on this week Aaron Wise top 40 plus 180 DraftKings that is plus 155 FanDuel plus 170 points bet we have seen some PGA Championship success from Wise after his 17th place finish last year and the current form is trending in the right direction posting three straight made cuts to go along with two of those finishes resulting in a top 21 The American is ranked top 10 in my model when it comes to greens and regulation. And while I do tend to think his around the green game is worse than the numbers might indicate, 31st over a two-year sample size is perfectly acceptable when you take into account his total driving prowess.
1: All right, Aaron Wise. He's a little volatile for my liking, but you make great points there. I feel like anytime I back him, it doesn't end up in my favor. And yeah, I like what you said about Leishman. It appeared to be like a trap price for me, and I think that's exactly what it was. So I'm glad I asked you before I punched that ticket. But... We are doubling down on Alex Norton and Tommy Fleetwood, and then Spencer is on Aaron Wise. Good luck to everybody this week. We hope you enjoy what should be a pretty high-scoring affair. I think it's going to be a lot of – it's going to be a bloodbath out there. I'm excited to watch it, the second major of the year. So enjoy it, and we will kick it back to you, Jason.
2: Time to make our lineup, Len. You can start it off. I think there's a million different ways to go here, so what do you got?
3: I think we're going to end up with nines and eights, and I like that play. So I'm going to throw out really – He may be my favorite play for the second straight major. Cameron Smith, I don't know if I'm just going to ride this horse like Chris Berman used to pick the Buffalo Bills every year, no matter what, to get to the Super Bowl. I don't think I'm quite there yet. I really do think Cameron Smith fits very nicely in this course. And quite frankly, I think he's probably been still thinking about the Masters and what got away, and uh, I think he's going to come ready to play.
2: I've got some really good news for you, Len. In my preview piece this week, I listed Cameron Smith as my biggest fade, so that (laughs) that just means good things for Cameron (laughs) Smith. And as I wrote, it's not because I don't like his game. It's not because I don't think he can match up well. It was just the number he's at in the betting markets. You can get Xander Shoffley at the same number and get Shane Lowry at the same number. I just liked the other guys at those numbers a little bit better, but. I have no problem with Smith whatsoever. All right. Uh, you said he's your favorite play. I'm going to go down the board to the guy that I said is my favorite play. He's 14th in the world, and I would have to go count up where he is on the DFS list. He's probably 35th, 40th at least as far as pricing this week. But Billy Horsholt, 7,400 is a tremendous value. Hasn't missed the cut. Yet this year, I expect him, uh, excuse me, he he was about to miss the cut at the Players' Champion. No, he made the cut at the Players' Championship. He was there, then he withdrew with a little sinus infection that week. But other than that, uh, everything's been really solid. Didn't play great at the Masters. Never does play great there, but... He's been really good this year, and I expect Billy Horschel to keep going. He really should
3: do better in the majors than he's done for all he has. And I think this track will help him as well. I'm gonna go even lower. This may be our lowest one, but I've talked about Harold Varner. I just think it's incredible value at seven thousand dollars. I really think we can get a, a top 25. I didn't have him in the top 25 in my rankings, but the The rankings, as you know, don't always mirror exactly how we think the guy will finish one to 156. It's a little bit more nuanced than that. But Harold Varner is playing really some of his best golf of his career. And he just seems to be getting better and better and more confident and eliminate that one bad round, even just turn it into a terrible round instead of a horrible round. And he's much higher up the leaderboard, $7,000.
2: I was going to go with a cheaper play and and save a couple of spots at the end for some bigger players, but I've got to take him. He's on the board. He's my favorite outright play. I think he's got a great chance of winning the career slam this week. Finished winner, runner-up in his last two starts. I just don't see a scenario where Jordan Spieth plays badly this week. Granted, he might not win, but I just don't see him finishing way back. I don't see him having a bad week. At 9,600, I want to lock him into the lineup.
3: I knew you were going to go there, and I'm with you on that. And I'm going to go for just under 8,150 and go to 8,100 and Max Homa. The majors have not been there. I think it's just a progression. It's just a progression. He will start to do better in them. I think Max Homa can have his best major finish and get deep into Sunday uh, with some meaningful golf, 8,100.
2: I really like that play. Len, I've got two guys just below the number that we've got, 8,200 left. No, I'm not going to go with Tiger. Two guys that I really like. And again, we sort of just make our DFS lineup. It's really hard to get into the nuts and bolts of whether it's a cash game lineup or a tournament contest. But if it's a cash game lineup, I think I go Corey Connors. I like his stability a little bit more. If it's a tournament lineup where it's like, hey, we're going for everything, I'll leave an extra $100 on the table and I'll go for the potential ceiling in Tony Finau. And so I'm going to lock Finau into this lineup here. I get it. Tony Finau, and and Tony Finau in ceiling sounds a little strange because he does only have those two career wins despite all the talent in the world. But I do think Finau at one point is going to jump up and have a really big-time week at a major championship such as this one. He's done it a few times in the past, and this could be another good one for him. He's played well at the PGA. There it is. Finau, Homa, Horschel, Cam Smith, Jordan Spieth, Harold Varner III, and like most majors, Len, at the beginning of the week, When you make your lineup, anything going into Thursday is going to look really, really good. Let's hope we have uh, Cam Smith and Jordan Spieth uh, dueling
3: down the back nine on Sunday. And then our lineup would look very good.
2: All right. Let's go cash those lineups. Thanks to everybody out there for listening to this edition of the Links and Locks podcast. Remember, you can find us every single week wherever you find your favorite podcast. Subscribe, listen, download and rate For Len Hochberg, I'm Jason Stobel. Good luck with all your delays for this week's PGA Championship. Here's hoping you hit the green.